Well, he's been cross-eyed for years, though. I mean, he can't help it anyway. Well, God bless you. Good to be here tonight. Glad that you're here. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, it's been 10 years, and that's hard to believe it's been 10 years, but have any of you noticed how time is flying? Well, get ready. It's going to go even more so in the days ahead. Praise the Lord. Uh, fellowship with your pastors this afternoon, and I appreciate so much that song, Waymaker. I try to keep up on a lot of songs because I certainly love what God has done in the, the music area of uh, worship in the body of Christ. But I'd never heard the Waymaker until just this last weekend. And I uh, just got so blessed. But also there's one by McDonald about I won't go back. Boy, that just thrilled my heart too. But anyway, God's doing some things. I believe in praise and worship. want to release us to a place that we can walk in His holy presence without guilt, without shame but with such a thanksgiving heart unto him for who he is. So uh, I'm thankful for being here. I'm thankful my wife is here. Uh, we've gone through several different uh, attacks I know in her body in the last few years. It's about three years ago she was diagnosed with Parkinson. She uh, lost her ability to really think, uh, and she just couldn't do one thing and do it the second time, and she had uh, the tremors, and she's actually doing a lot of fainting on me too at the time. We went about a year through that experience, standing on the Word of God. Then finally one day, the doctor said, well, uh, we must have misdiagnosed you because you don't have Parkinson's. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. So we've been through, yes. Yes, the symptoms were gone is the reason why they said that uh, she doesn't have Parkinson's. Amen. Amen. So we've had a few other attacks in our life and, and on our bodies, but how many of you know, uh, the Lord never said you wouldn't be attacked on earth. But he did say he'd be with you all the way through it. Something my pastor always said to me, God can pull you through anything if you can just take the pull. And I tell you, sometimes he's had to yank. <laughs> Not just pull, but yank. Amen. Well, listen, I'm going to get into the word tonight with a, a, some scriptures and a message that really came to me when my wife was going through what she was going through. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're standing on the Word of God and there's a time element that seems to get in there that tries to challenge you on your thinking, challenge you in your believing. So if you'll turn to Psalms, the 13th chapter, I want to share some word with you that I thought I would never preach in my life. Uh, when you begin to see some of these scriptures, I would have thought, dear Lord, that is a bad confession. What's going on here? But God began to show me that he gives us some assistance and help in days when it looks like we're having a bad day. Anybody ever have a bad day? Man, every hand ought to be up in here, of course, of course. I mean, that's part of life. But uh, in this passage of Scripture, we're going to look at the whole chapter tonight. But let me just read the first couple of verses. If you have Psalms, the 13th chapter, I'm just going to read this. Uh, I use all different translations, but I'm just using this in the King James right now. But it says this. Remember, this is David speaking. He's had a bad day. And he says, How long will you forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemies be exalted over me? Heavenly Fathers, we break the bread of life together tonight. Speak to us, Lord, as your people. I yield myself to you. I might be a vessel of ministry from your heart to their heart. Bring understanding, bring knowledge, and bring wisdom 
as we partake of your word, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. In this passage of scripture, David is having a hard time. Man, I said, how long, God? How long? How long is all this going to go on? I don't know if you've ever been there. But any time there seems to be an attack in your life, it goes for a longer period of time. Let me just say this in the very beginning. All of these symptoms and all of these attacks have one thing in mind. It's trying to talk you out of believing in God, trying to talk you believe it, uh, of believing, uh, get out of believing in, in who God is, that his word is true, that there are benefits, that there are blessings, that Jesus has paid the price for you. That's what all of these attacks try to come to do, to get you to a place where you'll be crying out, how long, God? Yeah. And all of a sudden you'll begin to see God as your enemy. Why? Because the enemy is trying to give those thoughts to you. I can tell you right now, God is not your enemy. Amen. You missed a really a good amen right then. I tell you what, just jump right on in every time you get an opportunity. Amen. So, and I wish I could stand before you tonight and say, you'll never have another bad day. I can't do that. It's not scriptural. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesus even said in John 16, 33, he says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But he said, be a good cheer though. I've overcome the world. Not only that, you'll find back in Luke, I think it's 17, the left-hand page, right about there, verse 1, it says, it's impossible, but offenses will come. I mean, the Lord brought that out. That's not a bad, that's saying, hey, wake up. There is, an, there is an enemy of our faith that's trying to destroy you, that's trying to destroy you and to destroy your heart, your, your attitude, trying to destroy your vision, trying to destroy your appreciation of who God is or his holy word. All of these go on. And I can tell you, the only way you're going to escape those items here on this earth is when you step over to the other side. So, well, what do we have right now? Well, we have his word. We have his name. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the authority that God has given to us. And again, that is one thing the enemy tries to talk you out of. So sometimes we go through bad days. But what can cause a bad day? Well, people can cause a bad day. You might be sitting next to Mr. or Miss Bad Day right now. I don't know. <laughs> but people can cause a bad day. I saw that elbow, but I'll look the other way, all right? But, but people can cause a bad day. What else can happen? Problems can. Something unexpected, something not really believing for or even seeing on the horizon, but all of a sudden something can happen and a problem can cause a bad day. So people can, problems can, pressure can cause a bad day. Pressure at work, pressure in finances, pressure with, in relationships can cause a bad day. So people, problems, pressure, a prognosis can cause a bad day. When you go to the doctor and they say you've got Parkinson's, that can cause a bad day. You know, so all of these things coming against you, not of God, but from the enemy, trying to pressure you into a position of accepting a lie instead of the truth. Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. So right here we see in the scriptures, and I believe God has given us a remedy for having a bad day in this particular chapter of the Bible as David was having a bad day. You're gonna find out that one thing that he's doing here though in this, he's being very transparent. Yeah. Understand that. Some people try to hide, some people try to avoid, some people try to deny, but I tell you what, that'll never get you to the finish line. You have to accept where you, 
recognize, I didn't say accept there. You have to recognize where you're at and then go on from there. But the problem is too many believers want to camp out with a problem. Somebody say, I love you, Lonnie. I just need a little encouragement right then. Okay. So we have these things that we go through. And just like David, one of the things that you many times will experience when a bad day comes is time distortion. All of a sudden, minutes can seem like hours. Hours can seem like days. Days can seem like weeks. Weeks can seem like you better believe it, months and years. All of this begins to be distorted. And, and, you know, they've even done studies. I've even done some research on this. They said people who stand to the line, any line, good day or a bad day, more than 90 seconds loses the ability to accurately tell time. Go to Walmart. All of those cash registers too open. You stand in line. How long you been there? Oh, I tell you, I've been here 10, 15 minutes all day, I think. You know, it begins to be distorted. And that's what happens when you're in attack sometimes. It gets to be distorted as we begin to do what David did. Sometimes we get our eyes on the time and the clock and the calendar and not on God. And that's where the enemy is trying to take us to, to get us to those points. So David, he begins to voice what a lot of times we feel. Man, there's no end in sight. It seems like this thing is going on forever. I've been believing God, but it seems like all of these things are happening. Nothing seems to change. Now all of a sudden the clock becomes my enemy. The calendar's my enemy. All I'm seeing is, man, I've been going through this so long. I'm getting just worn down and worn down. And that's what the enemy is trying to get us to. Now then, I'm continuing this same thought, but I want to show you something that I found here. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, uh, verse 37 and 38, it has this scripture, and the King James says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. Speaking of Jesus, now listen, he will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I never saw this, but if you look now to Habakkuk, the second chapter, verses uh, uh, 3 and 4, it says, The vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. There's two scriptures there. Let's look at another one. Look in Romans 1.17. For therein the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. Man, that's the third time in the Bible he said that. Galatians 3.11. But that no man is justified by the law in the, in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Four times... And I didn't realize that. Four times in the Bible, it talks about the just living by faith. Four times. But did you notice two out of the four times it was dealing with a time that seems like something is tarrying. The vision is tarrying or Jesus is tarrying in his coming back. Isn't it amazing of the four times that just shall live by faith, two of them are dealing with a time element. To me, I believe what God is saying is, can you still maintain your faith when things don't happen according to your time schedule? Can you still maintain your faith when it looks like something is tarrying? 
I tell you what, we're, we're, we're spirit beings housed in a body having a soul. Our spirit is what was born again when you're born again. You, you still have the same body. The soulish area, your mind, will, and emotion is what is supposed to be renewed by the Word of God as we mature and grow in the Lord. But so many times we want to step out and believe God, but then we want to jump right back into reason, jump back into history, jump back into the feelings. I, I, I say it this way many times, especially when it comes to the area of healing. Why would I go to my body and ask it if it's healed because it can let me down when he who will never let me down says by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. So which am I going to look to? My body? Hey, body, are you healed? Man, my body will lie to me. Well, not lie to me. It will tell me what it's experiencing. That's not a lie. That may be true. But the truth is by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. There's a difference between that which is true and that which is truth. Know that about Job. He may, we have a rec truly recorded statement that Job said, but it was not a statement of truth. When he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Truly recorded, not truth. How can you make that statement? Because it doesn't line up with the rest of the word of God. Yeah. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Amen, amen. Preach on Brother Lonnie. Yes, I will, I will. So the whole teaching, really, there even in Hebrews, I like that in Hebrews uh, the 10th chapter, really, uh, is the first part before you jump into Hebrews 11, you know, the chapter of faith. And it is amazing when he's going to talk about faith, he first starts talking about tarrying, something going slower than what you think. So what's David doing here? He's more time conscious than he is God conscious at the beginning of this chapter. But listen, he's just simply being honest. I don't put people down for saying, hey, I, 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 I'm dealing with something right here. I'm dealing with this. Hey, praise God, you're recognizing. Because too many people want to avoid something until it gets much, much larger. Or they just want to deny it. No, no, I'm not. No, no, no. Well, be honest with it and then move on with God. Well, what's the second tendency we see actually in life when you have an attack? The first tendency is time distortion, but the second tendency has to do with messing up your emotions. You'll notice in this scriptures, notice what he said. Uh, he says, how long are you going to forget me? What's David feeling like? He feels like he's forgotten. You see, that's what happens with your emotions sometimes when it gets involved. We get to begin to emotionally trying to understand and dissect what goes on. And here he says, how long will you forget me? See, there'll be times where you feel like you're forgotten. There'll be times you feel like God's even forgotten you, but I tell you, he hasn't. Just like that song we were singing, even when you don't feel it, he's working. Even when you don't see it, he's still working. That is the attitude you need to have. You may not see it, you may not feel it, but you do know this, he's working because he performs his word. Amen, Amen he does. Amen. So he says, how long am I going to be forgotten? He's feeling alone. He's feeling alone. Man, it's a bad day for David. It's just like no one cares. No one's listening. It's a bad day. I'm all alone. But let me just say this about being alone. We just came from Atlanta, and you could be down there. You could be with 100,000 people, and you can still feel alone. You can come to this church, and everybody can come up and shake your hand, but you can still feel alone. Because feeling alone has nothing to do with other people. It has everything to do with you. 
It's an attitude. It's your own self-perception. It's what you are coming up with. That's why we're to be people of the Word of God, to where we judge what we're thinking, where we judge the emotions that try to rise up. And we, and we bring even thoughts into captivity like the Scripture tells us to. Just this last weekend, I had a woman come up and said, well, I asked Jesus three times to, just to heal me. I said, hmm, you're not alone. Paul did it too. But God told him something. My grace is sufficient. In other words, what I've given to you has already been purchased by Jesus. Now you stand in your authority and rule in authority. Too many times we're asking Jesus to do something that he's already done. By his stripes you were healed. He's already done his part. Now it's your time to do your part. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Everything you receive from God is always by grace through faith. And when your faith touches God's grace, it can be manifest in your life. Well, when does that happen? Well, in the eyes of God, it's now. But in the eyes of your physical flesh, sometimes it isn't now. Amen. That's right. This means amen. 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 <laughs> Praise God. So here David is feeling alone. How long am I going to be alone? How long, Lord, am I going to go through this? You know, he's speaking from his heart while he is emotionally feeling. And the reason why I'm spending a lot of time here, because this is where too many people want to camp out in their problem. No, recognize the problem and move on like we're going to see uh, David do here in just a moment. But he says, how long the, the sorrow of my heart daily? He just can't get away with, from it. He's overwhelmed by all the things he's going through. The clock's against him. His emotions are against him. Not only they, that, but the relationships are against him. Because a lot of times emotionally, you'll turn your emotions against people and relations that you have. I can come home one day and, and uh, I say, hi, honey. And Lennox says, hi, honey. Next day I can come home and say the very same thing. Hi, honey. She says, well, what's up with you? What happened? <laughs> I said the same thing then. But see, sometimes when you have some bad things, or listen, let me reverse that. I might do it to her. <laughs> She's my wife of 52 years, and we made it 52 years. We're going to make it a few more. Amen? It's too late for her to train a new man, she told me. So anyway, we can become so emotional looking at situations that it begins to upset us that we just take it out on anybody. Even kick the dog. I don't know. Why? Because we get upset. Instead of taking, the Bible says, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and to bring into captivity every thought, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and then cast down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Who's supposed to do that? We are. That's exactly right. I can't pray, Jesus, do this. Jesus said, I've already done it. Oh, I want it the easy way. Well, then use your faith. But I want it now. What is it? Uh, uh, what is it? A day? A day with us is like a, th no, a thousand years is like a day with God or something like that. And so someday you'll be saying that to God. He says, Lord, hurry up. And he says, give me a minute. Hallelujah. When you're having a bad day, many times you try to transfer your problems to other relationships. He said here in the scriptures, it's the people that are against me, my enemies. You'll notice that when he says in verse 4, my enemies say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Well, who's troubled him? 
could be kids, could be spouse, could be boss, could be many things. But we have to admit we can allow ourselves at times to succumb to pressures. Whether it's people, pressure, problems, prognosis, whatever it might be bringing a bad day. We've all had them. So we see here in, in Psalms the 13, uh, 13th chapter, and I, to me the number one thing is you have to be honest. You can't get into denial. A lot of people have roadblocks. Well, I, I'm a man of faith. Well, good, you should be. But just because you're a man of faith doesn't mean you aren't going to have a bad day. Because if you think you can't have a bad day, and if you're a man of faith, the first day it comes, you're going to begin to question your faith. Somebody say, I love you, Lonnie. I just needed some more encouragement right there. Okay, amen. Transparency is really one of the best things that you can really walk in. Because I'm not talking about living there. I'm talking about recognizing where you're at and move on. Let me, let me put it a different way. God knows you've got a problem. You know you've got a problem. People that know you know you've got a problem. So why deny it? Let me help you out right now. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got a problem. Some of you have been wanting to say that for a long time, and I just gave you liberty to do it. <laughs> well, listen, we, we might have a problem. People might recognize it. God knows it. But listen, let's don't stay there. Let's get determined in our heart to live the way God wants us to live. Let's stop letting the enemy put things upon us to distract us from who God is, from the authority of the Word of God, or the authority that I have in Christ Jesus. Amen. I can't let it happen. I refuse to let it happen. Yeah, yeah I may have had a bad day, but I ain't going to live there. I'm going on. Amen. Matter of fact, <laughs> uh, that's what you begin to see here in the Word. Because notice what he says there in verse uh, 3. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes. Notice what's happening. He's going from the problem to prayer. He's given us an, a, a, a print here, a blueprint, on how to handle a bad day. Notice when he says here, consider and hear me. What's that? That's a request for prayer, interaction, communication. But notice he said, consider and hear me, O Lord my God. But he personalizes it. O Lord my God. In other words, you're my God on a good day. You're my God on a bad day. You're my God on a happy day. You're my God on a bad day. You're my God when things go right. You're my God when things seem like they're going wrong. That's his attitude. He's getting back and he's getting the right image of who God is and understanding what's taking place. He's gone from the problem. He's begun to act spiritual by praying and, and praying to the Lord. Notice what he said, enlighten my eyes. In other words, Lord... I'm willing to learn something I need to know. If I don't know something here, Lord, enlighten my eyes. Show, reveal to me, Lord. Man, that's a man that's wanting to hear from God. That's a person that's wanting to know how to get the victory and how to walk it out. He's not saying, I know everything. I know it all. No, no, no. He said, listen, Lord, if I've messed some things up, show me. Show me, Lord. Have I created some problems myself? Whatever it is, Lord, show me. So what we see here. In the middle of Psalms 13, he's done two things. He's dealt with the problem. Now he's gone to prayer. But I want you to notice what happens next in the fifth verse. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. He goes from the problem to prayer 
to praise as an example for us to know how we can get the victory in life. And when he begins to worship the Lord, listen, praise is one of the purest forms of faith anyway. It's faith that you're lifting up as you begin to worship God. You're magnifying the Lord. The Bible says, come and let us magnify the Lord together. Magnify to make bigger. You see, when you worship the Lord, you're making him bigger than your problems. When uh, we were there in, in Tulsa, uh, the big praying hands there at ORU, standing down there looking at them, how big they are. But flying out of Tulsa one day, I looked down, and those hands were very, very small. And the Lord simply said, it's all a matter of perspective. Yeah. When you were standing there with them, they looked very large. But from my advantage, he said, they're very small. So you have to see your problems in life, not from your perspective, yeah. not from your position, how does God see it? Well, let me ask this question. Is anything too hard for God? Is there anything impossible with God? Oh, I tell you right, there's enough. Just get the osigum and the dog. You know what I'm saying? Man, I tell you what, that's good. I don't have to. Glory to God. Anything I go through, I, I truly believe God can pull you through anything if you can take the pull. Matter of fact, he even said there's no temptation that is not common to man, but he will always provide in every type of a temptation a way of escape. Yeah. Listen, if this was a boxing match, it would be rigged. Yeah. When you think about it, you know, God has blessed us. Why do I want to stay with an unrenewed mind? Why do I want to stay with a bunch of stupid junk that I came up with years ago? I want to find God's Word and find who He is in the Word of God as I go to it. And that's what we're seeing here. He said, I've trusted in your mercy. Oh, I tell you, mercy. To me, my definition of mercy is this. Mercy assumes the need on the part of one who receives mercy but recognize the adequate resources to meet that need by the one who bestows mercy. So if I cry out mercy, I'm saying, Lord, I've got a need, but you've got the adequate resources. Cry out for mercy. There's times to cry out for mercy. Mercy, mercy. He said, I have trusted in your mercy, and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. You know, his mercy was really his character, what he does for you. But when he talks here about his salvation, that's the power of God that came in and caused your spirit to be made new. But notice that I will sing in the Lord because he has dealt with me bountifully. So I heard a person say one time, well, I'm trying to get rid of all of the questions. You're wasting your time, honey. <laughs> Faith doesn't mean the absence of questions. Faith simply means trusting in the God even when you might have a question. Yeah. Do you remember the time the man came up with tears to Jesus about his child? And he said, Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. What's that mean? You believe in your spirit, man. Well, you may still have questions in your mind. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't think that you're missing it if you have some... No, oh no, I know my spirit. I know when I'm, I'm, I'm praying here and I'm reaching out to God. But I tell you what, there's times I may have questions, but no, I push those questions aside and I go to what I do know. Amen. I, I, I taught a message one time. I just simply remember the gist of it was, when it looks like it isn't working, you're looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. It goes right along with the song, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you can't see it, he's still working. 
I can't feel it, he's still working. So we're not here trying to eliminate all the questions. What are we doing? Man, we're here just trusting God. See, trust in the character of God. That's his mercy, his character. That's who our God is. Our God, he and his word are one. You and your word are one. God's word is so good because God is good. Your word good, you good. Your word no good, you no good. Okay, say it again. I love you, Lonnie. Thank you. I just still need some of that encouragement right then. Okay, amen. So when we're crying out here for mercy and we're saying, Lord, my heart's rejoicing in your power that operates in my life, even in your salvation. Then he goes on to say, I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I don't know if any of you followed Gabby Gifford years ago. Uh, she was a representative out there in Arizona. She got shot in the head. I don't know if you remember that or not. But I followed that. And, and one night on the news, one of the reporters went to the doctor and said, well, how is Gabby doing? And the doctor made a statement. He said, today was a great day for Gabby. And they said, well, how can you make that statement? He said, well, she was laying there in bed and a bunch of children came in singing to her. She began to sing with them. And the reporter said, well, why is that so significant? He made a statement. Singing is one way we retrain the brain. Wow. Because she was singing, they said, we know her brain is being retrained. Isn't that amazing? I also understand now why we sing scriptural songs. We're getting our brains retrained. Our minds renewed when we worship the Lord with spiritual songs that lift up the Lord Jesus Christ like we were doing tonight. He is a way maker. He is a way. He is a miracle worker. Amen. And I tell you what, his, his word is so true. You can just, just sit there knowing God is working when you're releasing your faith in him. Amen. So what, notice what that scripture said. It said, I will sing of the Lord because he hath dealt mount bountifully with me. Man, I'm a singer. <laughs> I do. I love to sing. Matter of fact, uh, the other day I asked my wife, do you want me to shut up? Because we're in a van, man, I'm just singing. I sound so good to myself. <laughs> you know, in a shower I sound great. You know, but man, I'm singing. I do. I sing, sing, sing. I do. But as I began to see this, it, it, especially if you think about retraining your brain through singing, wow. But he said, I will sing, Lord, because you have dealt bountifully with me. So a song. So I looked up a couple of scriptures here. Listen about a song. In, in Psalms, one, uh, uh, the 40th chapter, verses 1 through 5, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he put a new song in my mouth, even praise for our God. Oh, my goodness. Man, do I want to sing. <laughs> do I want the praises to come out of my mouth? What's it say in Psalms 59, verse 16 and 17? I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud for thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and the refuge in the day of trouble. Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. For God is my defense and the God of my mercy. Oh, my goodness. 
So many scriptures about it. Here's another one, Psalms 89.1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. We used to sing that when we first got filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember that one. Here's Psalms 34.1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Listen, that's what David was saying there. He said, I went with the problem and I got to prayer, but now I'm in praise. I'm letting it come out of my mouth. If you are a praiser, if you worship the Lord for who he is, not just what he's done, I tell you what, you're going to find yourself walking on the clouds more than you're going to be underneath the cloud. Yeah. Amen. I've heard people say, well, I, I, I've gone to his Bible trying to find a promise. I tell you something right now about that. You should never go to the word to find a promise. You go to the word to find who God is. Because if you only go to the word to find a promise, but you don't know who God is, a promise is only good as the one that gives it. And if you don't know the one that's given the promise, then it'll not mean anything to you. You may not know me. I might give you a promise, but you don't know me. You don't know if that's going to come past. But if your pastor gives you a promise, you say, oh, I can take care of that. I can believe that because I know him. You see, that's why I go to the word, not to find a promise. I go to find my God. And then when I find my God, I will find everything there. His promises, his protection, his provision, his peace, his power, his presence. It's all there in him. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So your faith has to be very personal. I've experienced your mercy. Now I'm going to trust your character. Yes. Trusting the character of God. Amen, amen. When I say that, I think of a young boy in our church when I was pastoring in Illinois. His, he was adopted. He was about four years of age, and he was out on the farm, and he was up on a hay rack on top of the hay bales. And he had been adopted just a short time, but boy, he loved his daddy Tom. And one day he was up there, and he said, Dad, catch me. Well, you know what he did when he said, Dad, catch me? He jumped. <laughs> so when Tom turned around, there he was, and he caught him. But what I saw in that was a little boy who trusted his daddy. That's how we should be. No matter what comes against us, let's trust the Lord. Let's trust his mercy, his character. Let's trust his salvation, his power. Let's trust his bountifulness, which is really his track record, the past, how he's treated us and taken care of us. It's amazing when we trust someone so much it can release such peace especially when that someone is the Lord let me share this in the barbershop in Tulsa Oklahoma <laughs> there's stacks of magazines <laughs> you know guns and cars and men's magazines but there was one article in there one day how these four gentlemen went through college together in football when they got out of college uh, one of them stayed in football, went to pro football, but the other three went on to different professions. But they still got together and they had fellowship together and a lot of fun times together. But those three guys got into something that the fourth one just didn't understand. It was called mountain climbing. And they always said to him, come on, we want you to go mountain climbing with us. He said, I see no fun in crawling up a stupid mountain, hanging on with your finger. No, I don't think, they talked him into it finally one day. He said, I'll only do it on one, one count. You're going to have to have a rope tied around me, tied to all of you. 
They says, exactly, that's exactly what we'll do. And so they don't do mountain climbing unless they really research where the trails where everybody else has been before. And they were in this area where they're going to have to go over this one little hill, more or less, before they could get to the mountain. And so they tied him onto the back. And as they start going up that mountain, climbing up the mountain, he's crawling up anything. Why are we going up over this when there's a trail right there? So he undone the rope and he started going around the smaller mountain thinking he was going to go over at the base of the big mountain. And it didn't take long before they found out, hey, he's no longer back there. What's happened? Has he fallen? What, what's happened? So they come back down. As they come by, they said, you don't think he... I bet he did. And sure enough, he had. He had gone around that little trail on the side of that mountain. It got smaller and smaller. And finally, there's a washout area where water had come down. It was frozen. And he stepped across a couple of steps on that frozen ice to the other side. And the ice broke behind him, leaving him stranded on this other side. And the ledge is getting smaller as he walked around that hill. So he's at the point right now, he's hugging the mountain. Matter of fact, hugging a mountain felt mighty fine at that time. When the guys came up on him, and they says, why did you do that? They said, I was trying to save time. They says, no, you caused more time and difficulty. But I tell you what we're going to do. They took their picks, and they tried to pick away at ice that was remaining to make a ledge, and it broke away. The only thing left for him to do, he was going to have to jump backwards and trust them to catch him. All of a sudden, hugging a mountain was even more precious. Oh, no, I'll hug this mountain, and I've no problem. I'm hugging the mountain. I'm hugging my problem right here. But after a while, he says, man, I've got to do this. And so they talked it through that he was going to push himself back from the side of that mountain, and they were going to catch him by the coat, the jacket he had on. And so he thought, I'll do it. And he did. He pushed himself back, and they caught him and pulled him over on the safe side. And they went down. Well, the news reporters were there, and they started asking questions. And they said something to this man that made his own route. What did you learn through all of this? He said, there's something about putting your life in the trust of someone else that I'll never, ever forget. Father, I pray for every person in this room right now. Lord, some may have their arms wrapped around things that they've trusted in for a long time. There's, they may have held on to problems and may have hugged them, and it seems like it's now just a way of life, just hugging that problem, just hugging it, just hugging it. But Lord, I believe you're saying that tonight they can take their problem and they can push away from it, trusting that you'll catch them. That, Lord, they can go from their problem all the way up to praise as they trust you, Lord, and let go of some of the things of the past that's been a problem and it's been so continuous in their life, they've become so accustomed to it that they don't think about it. But thank you, Lord, for showing them right now this is something. Yes, Lord, you're saying to them, this is something they need to release and trust in you that you will catch them when they let go of the problem and push back from it. I pray, Father, for every person in this room. I'm not whispering in their ear what anything that might be, not what that problem might be, what that situation might be. But, Lord, right now, if something's coming up in the heart, Lord, it's because you're bringing it up to them. So, Father, I pray tonight 
They'll move from the problem through prayer and releasing it to you and experience your presence and there'll be a release of praise. Release tonight, I pray, over those in this church where problems of the past have done more hindering than they realize. I pray that, Father, right now. With their eyes closed, Lord, I don't need to see anything, but Father, between you and them, I pray that they release some things tonight. Release, release, I pray. Push away, say, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting in your mercy. I'm trusting in your, your strength of your salvation. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm letting go of some of these problems, trusting you that you catch me. I cry out mercy, Lord. I cry out grace. In Jesus' name, Lord. Peace, I speak to the people. Deliverance, mm, I speak. Release, I speak over them. No hindrance, but freedom. As they do what David did with a bad day. He went from the problem to prayer to praise. I speak release now in Jesus' name. Thank you, sweet Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's dealing in your heart. Don't you dare. You're not responding to Lonnie. If the Lord's speaking to your heart, release it tonight. Say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm releasing it. I'm trusting you're catching me. You're walking with me. You're my strength. I walk free tonight. I walk free from the entanglements of the past, the entanglements of today, and I go free. Yes, in Jesus' name. Now, Spirit of God, I pray, do that word in their heart. Do, do that, Lord. Perform it in their life. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command every foul spirit that tried to hinder them is broken in Jesus' name, and I declare they go free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can look up at me. Don't ever think anything is too small. Nothing really starts out big in life, it seems like. It seems like the small things grow up to be large. Don't ever think small problems or small situations in life are, are meaningless. No. No. It seems like it's the small things that grow up. How many know it's easier to pull a tree up when it's this tall yeah. instead of this big around? Whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier to just let Jesus be in the Lord every day of your life. Not just getting born again and going the rest of your life saying, that's okay, Jesus, I'll take it from here. <laughs> Don't ever try that. Trust him all the days of your life and you'll walk in the peace and the joy of the Lord. What you did tonight, I believe, in your private between you and the Lord is what's going to take you into your brighter future. So please, don't ever do anything because Lonnie said it, but do it because the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. Pastor, I give it back. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's a good word, wasn't it?
Amen. You know, Brother Lonnie, I, I thought of when you were telling just the, the whole message, I was thinking of a story Brother Hagin used to tell about the, the guy that came, the student came up to him and asked him, he, he, he asked him to pray for him that the devil would leave him alone. And Brother Hagin said, you sure you want me to do that? And the guy's like, yeah, I just want the devil to leave me alone. And Brother Hagin looked at him and says, so you want me to pray that you die? And he's like, no, no. And, and Brother Hagin said, well, that's the only time the devil's going to leave you alone. <laughs> so, I mean, because those days will come. We've all had them, amen, and we'll have them in the future. But, but like just what he shared with us, we don't have to stay in it. You know, go, I love that. Go from the problem, take it to prayer, and then you praise. Amen. I mean, what a, that's, a, that's the, the recipe for success. Amen, if you want to call it that. <clears throat> so praise God. Well, listen, we want to bless Brother Lonnie. And we want to bless his ministry, and they're stepping out now traveling and going to uh, different churches and, and just being what his call is, being a pastor to pastors. And uh, we want to bless him. So if you want to sow into that ministry and sow into them, they, they have been uh, on the road for uh, over a week now, and they went to Atlanta, then here, and then they're going to uh, a good friend of ours, Dale Berry's in Knoxville uh, for the weekend, and then West Virginia and Virginia, and they're, they're just making a, a whole East Coast uh, trip and uh, before they head back home. So, um, so we want to sow into their ministry, into their lives, and uh, I promise you it's good ground, and so any seed you sow in there will be good ground uh, for that seed to grow, and we, and we know what happens when you put good seed into good ground, right? It brings a good harvest. So, amen, so we're believing God for that. So if you're making checks, you can make them out to Destiny Bible Church, and we'll write one check to him. So let's order offering up, and then we'll pray over that, and then, uh, then we'll be dismissed. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for the word tonight. Thank you for uh, Brother Lonnie and Miss Linda, Lord, and we just pray your blessings on them as they travel, as they, uh, Father, as they step out into uh, into the ministry you've called them into, Father, for, for many years. He's walked in that for years, but, Lord, this is just the freedom to do that exclusively, and we just pray your blessings on him and their family. Thank you for blessing them financially, Lord. Father, where we know this, where you call, you all, where, where you uh, call, Father, you also provide, and we thank you for the provision for for Lonnie and uh, his ministry and and father we just pray blessings on him and we thank you for the seed that we're sowing Lord this is going to help father as a pastor I know how important it is to have people uh, a pastor to pastor uh, pastors <laughs> and father so I thank you for the ministry you've called him into and father the help that he's been to me the help he's been to countless of people other pastors father and we just pray your so we pray your blessings on each seed that's sown into their ministry and we thank you for me every need father bountifully father and we just we we father we gladly sow into their ministry and father we're going to reap a great harvest father as he goes and uh, as they travel and as they minister to other churches and people father we thank you for that so we bless you and we honor you with their giving tonight father in jesus name amen amen thank you gentlemen